My name is Jack Otway. I'm Jay Otway. Welcome to Like Dragon, Like Son. You about to say Like Father, Like Son? The only D&D podcast about parenting. About parenting, that's right. And, uh, How and to raise your little goblin. Right, and today's, your little today's parenting advice will be about unarmed strikes. That's right. When you, Well, <laughs> okay, this is dangerous territory. We've put ourselves in... <laughs> That's, that's how that's how it rolls around here, buddy. Um, we're not talking about unarmed striking your kids per se. Just hitting them critically. Just, you know, if you roll a 19 or 20, especially if you're a champion one, you deal double damage. You know, and who doesn't want to know that? That's the type of stuff you're going to learn at this podcast today. Because this right. is a D&D podcast run by a father and his son. Two generations bring in uh, different perspectives together on how to fight. Exactly. Without weapons. Fighting styles. And the new fighting styles coming this November with Natasha's culture of everything. All right. And just, uh, you know, we don't know exactly what's in the book, but we're looking at the some of this stuff in the old uh, UA class features. Uh, that's the Unearthed Arcanas uh, class feature, feature variant stuff. And, you know, we were talking a bit about unarmed fighting and we thought, okay, this this episode we should we should get into the unarmed fighting, tavern brawls, uh you know, improvised weapons and, you know, just all around sort of, you know, how to, how to smack somebody. Yeah. How do I engage in unarmed fighting? You know, yeah. what do I need to do to make myself an unarmed fighter? You know, what are all my options? And I think we'll maybe spend a little second talking about the monk in their unarmed fighting options, sure. I, but we also I, want, I want to talk to, about the yeah, tavern brawler perspective. Yeah. I want to, I want to set the monk aside for a second. They're clearly the way to do it if you yes if you want to make somebody who punches things go make a monk and if That's, you want to make a tavern brawler who's known for getting into bar fights maybe pick the drunken master monk yeah he's got it in the name and yeah I, I mean i've thought a couple of times of like making sort of a, a barkeep who was like maybe a dwarven barkeep who didn't look like some sort of your traditional monk who was you know basically behind the bar but it when things got when things got rowdy he'd uh, you know could jump over and crack skulls and settle people down with his amazing unarmed strike ability um but i've made a few characters along the way and you and i've play tested some of them all around the idea of 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 tavern fighting mm. and i don't know why that idea is so appealing in D D. I i mean there's it maybe it comes from the fact that there's in the player's handbook a feat that's called Tavern Brawler. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like this, you know, classic staple, you know. You you start off in the bar, you know, in the first fight, perhaps, of your party that you'll have in your D&D life. Party meets in a tavern, a tavern is brawler, like yeah. 90% of all starts exactly. of all D&D games. Um, and, and, yeah, you know, why not start off with a low-level tavern brawl just to get everybody to know each other try to test out their skills or see what each other's got. Um, the Tavern Brawler feat says that you are accustomed to the rough and tumble fighting using whatever weapons happen to be at hand. Because let's face it, it is really bad form to pull a blade in a tavern fight. Mm. Don't do it. Nobody does it. No. That's not what the Tavern... Tavern Brawls should not be deadly, typically. 
Um, so the Tavern Brawler gains uh, the following benefits. Their strength or constitution scores increase by one. So it's like a half feet, really. Yeah, so you still get a little boost. If you've got an odd number of strength and you want to sort of take that, turn that 15 into a 16. Um, and pick up maybe unarmed striking damage, proficiency with it. We'll, we'll get into what else right. you get. But so you, you get proficiency with improvised weapons, which is great. So you mm. get to add your proficiency bonus now to pretty much anything you pick up, like a yeah. rock in a cave. A stick in the forest. This doesn't mean like complex weapons or machinery, but no. simple blunt objects or very specific items and equipment in D&D, which right. I'll go into so as we finish. Rules is written. Is. It suggests, yeah, if you're throwing stuff, yeah. generally. Generally stuff, you know, chairs, chickens. Vials of acid. Alchemist's fire. Some holy water. All of its improvised weaponry. All of that stuff. Uh, a torch. Once you've thrown the oil on somebody, then you got to throw the yeah, torch at them. That's true. Um, those are all improvised weapons. And so getting your proficiency bonus added on to that is really great because then it's it's like using any weapon that you're good with, right? Um, and then here's the, the bit that I almost hope there's uh, some errata, something that, that if the UA class features, which include unarmed fighting, which we'll get to in a second, go through, this next bit really becomes out of whack. And I think it's already out of whack with the monks being where they are so a tavern brawler's unarmed strike unarmed strike gains uh, a d4 normally your unarmed strike does exactly the damage that i think it's just your strength modifier is your strength modifier when you hit a creature with an unarmed strike or an improvised weapon on your turn you can use bonus action to attempt to grapple the target and that's really great especially for the non-fighter types out there um who don't have any ability to do another attack of any sort on their bonus action um, that you, yeah, you bet get to pull off an attack as a bonus action or special attack, which is grappling. I mean, that's essentially the frenzy barbarian, what's it? Um, Berserker barbarian third level feature every single turn. If you, you know, if it provided you're grappling a creature or whatever, and you don't even gain exhaustion. And you can do this not even when you're raging. Now, all right. For those of you out there who have been avoiding grappling because you're a bit afraid of the rules of grappling, they are so simple. So simple. So simple. Grappling is the grappler, right? Our fighter, our tavern brawler. Um, against the grapplee. Against the grapplee. Um, the, the grappler rolls their strength athletics. So make an athletics check. An athletics check, essentially. So this is an not ability, an attack roll. It's an ability this check. This is not a saving throw. This is an you ability roll, check. You yeah. add your proficiency you know, modifier, your strength modifier, put all that together. Check. And then the opposing, uh, the grapplee, can choose between their athletics or their dexterity acrobatics. This is because though you are using brute strength to try and restrain this creature it can try and use its little yeah. its ability to try and weave its way out of your arms the using acrobatics exactly. and twist and turn or and it can try and like like you know keep you off using its own strength right and so it gets a choice and if you have a higher score than it you succeed yeah that's it ties ties result in nothing changing so if you get a tied score in it you don't succeed on the grapple if you get a higher score than the other the person that you're grap the grapplee 
they're yours. You're grappled. And you're grappled a now. creature that is grappled, speed drops to zippo. Nothing. Zero. They can't move. It's a condition, actually. If you check your conditions in Maybe the player's handbook, uh, or in D&D Beyond, look up conditions, go to grappler, and it'll tell you exact or grappled, and it'll tell you exactly what happens when a creature is grappled. And if they want to get away, they have to spend their action escaping the grapple, which, you know, is great. Now, they can attack you while grappled. There's, there's nothing to stop them from doing that. Mm. Um, also, there's nothing to stop you from grappling a second creature. If you are super strong yeah. and in a bar fight and want to have some fun, you can grab one of the rowdy little halflings and then you can grab another rowdy little halfling. If, if you you're an elephant or a luxodon, could you grapple a third with your tusk or with your little <laughs> trunk? Yeah, I, I, is that prehensile? Why not? Sure. I'm pretty sure that's like rules rule for like of, picking things rule up. Rule of you know fun. Let me look this up while you rule continue. Rule of fun. <laughs> I, I, my Luxodons grappled three rowdy halflings and uh, and then uh, is is going to knock their heads together. Yeah. Trunk. You can grasp things with your trunk and you can use it as a snorkel. It has a reach of five feet. It can lift a number of pounds equal to five times your strength score. Right. You can use it uh, to do the following task lift drop hold push or pull an object or a creature hey we're in a grapple <laughs> you could shove a creature as well open or close a door container grapple someone or make an unarmed strike you would even unarmed strike with it yeah, so a there monk, you go <laughs> your drunken master um luxodon who like dips their like trunk in the the ale shoots it out and then punches people with it it's a fun idea Actually, now that you mentioned it, I, I love the idea of unarmed fighting with a Luxodon now. Instead of an extra fist that nobody sees coming, yeah. right? They block your left, they block your right, and then suddenly up the uppercut from your like trunk up the middle. They're not bad monks either. You can get a plus to wisdom, which is good for your key saves, and constitution's always a nice bump for your hit points as well. I mean, think about making a... <laughs> well, the only conflicting thing is that you get natural armor, which you can't use if you're a monk. So yeah. You have to choose between natural armor or unarmored defense but um, back to grappling yeah well well or just back to unarmed fighting in general the uh in the ua class features which we're expecting we'll have a revision version of them in tasha's cauldron of just about everything uh the unarmed strike feat uh, or not feat but unarmed strike fighting style unarmed fighting style excuse me is uh your unarmed strikes can deal bludgeoning damage equal to 1d6, your strength modifier. This is not a feat. I think this is important to clarify. This is not a feat. This is a fighting style. But this it is does a fighting style, it does which is available to fighters, rangers, and over, It does sort of poop all over having your tavern brawler feat. But you don't get the thing where you can throw improvised weapons for the proficiency. Okay, you what don't if get I have... the plus to strength or constitution. Right. You don't get the... You be the DM so for a second. So, right? Okay. I have a fighter who takes unarmed fighting as his fighting style. Right. And, or actually her fighting style. And she also takes Tavern Brawler. Okay. Can she do 1d6 plus 1d4 plus strength modifier? Uh, if she's grappling the target, then yes. As listed with uh, unarmed no, fighting. No, I'm just saying. When you successfully can grappled. We st- no. Can we stack no. the feet and the fighting style? No. The feet is clearly only a half feet, and the only benefit of it is to give me an extra d4. No, the benefit of it is to give you proficiency with arm, uh, with improvised weapons, better damage for your unarmed strikes, and so and so. If you're tabaxi with claws that deal a d4 already, you don't get to do 
1d6 plus 1d4 plus your strength modifier because you have claws and just because you're a monk doesn't mean you can deal say whatever your unarmed martial art art die is 1d6 plus 1d4 plus your dexterity modifier you know it's specifically one die for a reason if it said you can add an additional 1d4 to any unarmed strike rather than they deal 1d4 then i'd say sure you could add an extra d4 and i think that could be an errata to the tavern brawler feat where instead of saying it uses a d4 for damage you could say it deals an additional d4 damage wouldn't that be awesome wouldn't that be awesome an extra d4 for your monk now it's suddenly a monk thing that you could pick up increase your constitution a little bit maybe bump up your hit points or your strength if you want better jumping or you know athleticsing and now you can bonus action grapple you know if you weren't gonna bonus action dodge or whatever you can add a d4 to all your damage and now you can be throwing your your monk books whatever monks carry with them your monk stuff your mug of ale your well you can your brewer's kit you can if you're pick up tchotchkes and trinkets and stuff sure. along the way hmm. or you could like wood carver like make little like beautiful ornate carvings and just like smash them against people and throw them and things like that but so I, um, you and I play tested this one character I dreamt up once. Uh, she was a half drow far traveler uh, who'd come basically from the Underdark all the way up into, you know, somewhere into Faerun. Um, she'd, uh, she basically was on the the world's longest pub crawl. Historic, <laughs> yeah, in, in, pub crawl in history. Um, and yeah, she was all about the, you know, I, I basically just tried to pick loads of feats with her um, to work her all the way up to being the the most badass. Uh, Non-monk brawler. Yeah, we called her, I called her uh, Rhonda Drowsy. Like Rhonda Rousey, the yeah, famous. Yeah, they get it. <laughs> um, and uh, and we went with, we play tested her versus a, a barbarian of 20th level, like her, she had 20th level and barbarian 20th level. And you and I just put them in a tavern, just the two of them and went mono we mono for a while. The game that, that went on for ages. Cause it tip folks, uh, level 20 characters have a lot of hit points. Yeah. Uh, so it takes a while to, for them to punch each other. Uh, and so it was a very long fight. We ended up like throwing like each other through windows and doors and mm. all sorts of stuff. Uh, I think the barbarian ended up kind of winning in the end though. I feel like it was only because of the relentless, you know, when you get to a high enough level with barbarians, you, you typically don't die. That's their thing. You know, yeah. they just get to make saving throws whenever they would die and they just don't die. Uh, and I, for her, I'd, I'd made her a fighter and again, using a, a now non-existent defunct archived, uh, uh, subclass called was it homebrew uh, the, or was no, it the brute was oh, was, uh, was unearthed arcana um, I still got a copy of that in uh, D&D Beyond uh, pro tip folks when the unearthed arcana playtest uh, subclasses come out make yourself and this of course if you've got the pro versions of D&D Beyond which allow you to have unlimited amounts of characters um, build yourself uh, a character then all the new ones that come out first it's a great way to learn the character uh, but also then if you ever want to, you know, see if you, there's a particular game with the DM who's willing to let you use an archived a, Unearthed re, Arcana. Yeah. I, I, I play one on, in our Eberron, Eberron campaign that way. Uh, it's, it can be fun. At least you've got access then to all the rules for that. And you, as we've always said in this debate, <laughs> it's not official that 
It's nothing, probably archived for a reason. Look, <laughs> unless you're playing Adventures League, anything the DM says yes to is legal. Yeah, but it's not rules as written. You well, are, I mean, they were written by such a tough DM. Problem. But I it's can't like it's not published. It's not. It's not actual. It's all play test. It's Isn't not. It, it wasn't every it's not game done. a test. It's not done. Of the Most gaming. of the Unearth Arcana are pretty rubbish. They need a lot of fixing. <laughs> right. Um, so you meet up in the ball in a in a tavern, and you want to run a brawl. Uh, you want to give your characters a chance to to test out some of their their skills their low level skills or mid-level skills or whatever they may be all right so yeah not, not 20th level not 20th level um so you know there's a few ways that you could go about doing this you could actually run a normal encounter run a normal yeah. encounter you could have inciting parties you could set up a narrative element that would lead to the brawl fight or just it suddenly happens or the players instigate it's it or whatever perhaps a great to place to introduce rivals exactly or introduce a new plot thread um there's uh you could run it like a uh, basically like a like a skill challenge as well so you know you could have it set up so they aren't having to fight it out like with minis on a battle map it could be a little bit more theater of the mind you could list out all the things they can use as improvised weapons and then also even the characters like the squishy wizard could still come up with clever ways that they could use a spell or something to to help you know eliminate the or to subdue the fight in some ways or eliminate the various contestants that are in it mm. uh we've looked at sort of a supplement on the side i'm not really a fan of it i think they're I don't think it's necessary. I don't think I would use it personally. I, uh, I do I think do a lot like of it. the things that start. I think I like a lot of the right. things written in it that let me, start. Let me introduce this battles, supplement. But I don't like the mechanics of it. So um, this is a, a supplement uh, designed by uh, Gene Lorber. Uh, and this is none of this is official. This is off the DMs Guild. Uh, design editor is uh, Jeff Stevens, and the editor is uh, Gene Headley. And it's called uh, the Tavern Brawl Builder. It's on DMs Guild. I like, I like very much a big idea that's in this, which is that the brawl, instead of being treated as eight NPCs that you're fighting, the brawl is treated as a character itself, as a monster in a way. And I think is tries to do it in a way that it creates its own stat block for what the monster is but i'll talk a little bit about after we explain it what i would do instead so it basically is a stat block the brawl standard a huge assemblage of humanoids with az 12 and 40 hit points and a challenge rating of one uh it does unconventional damage any action that could remove a brawl combatant reduces the brawl's hit points by exactly five any action that could remove multiple combatants reduces the brawl's hit points by exactly 10. So it basically says, okay, hit points are 40. There's anywhere between eight and four turns, uh, probably less, depending on members in your party, before you can... So it's a, it should be a quick way to sort of run a few rounds and very quickly... Uh, have everybody sort of improvise an idea of of something they do each turn and then it's contested 
So instead of it being a roll to attack... Well, I think there is still actually attack rolls and actions and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I suppose but... you can. The brawl has a multi-attack function. It can punch and kick back at you. Um, but the brawl engages in a contested skill check when it punches or kicks using strength athletics uh, or dexterity acrobatics. The brawl's result is always 10 plus the relevant ability modifier. Uh, so basically... Imagine it's like a cartoonish cloud of hands and fists erupting that... <laughs> Is okay. in with, with, located within one space that can be targeted as, as as if it were a single creature. Right. So if you're in a fight, it, if you're in like grapple somebody and like punch them, pull them out of the fight, it's basically you're contesting against the brawl, which is strength of plus one. It always has a 10. So you know that it's 11. Saves you a dice roll. The player gets to roll. If they get over top of that, they succeed and they remove one of the contestants from it. And you can basically narrate your way through it with the dice still dictating a little bit if they fail badly they get to do a constitution save and if they fail that they're out completely and this could be in the first turn before anybody's had an action um the yeah somebody's another you narrate it that the goblin pops up on top of the bar and hits you with a bottle over the top of the head and And you go down marion who's designed to do their tavern brawl fails one save and is (laughs) now out of the fight the whole turn but it's a funny fight like i think the whole this whole style like you said it is almost a cartoon of the fists like in the cloud all it's it's a fun way for you to narrate a few things that's low level risk nobody really dies in this fight it's very clear in their mechanics that you you get knocked out and you pick yourself up a few rounds later well um, a few a whole minute later whole after minute the battle later. done you know like yeah it's it, the bar fight's over in, in less than that exactly but i'm not a fan of that what i would do i i think that it's too it's too all or nothing. I feel like it's a, a little too cartoonish for me. Your barbarian's going to um, make the, the strength. It's going to beat the... There's always the ability to roll a one. I suppose. And then you're out of the fight, you know? It's, well, but you get a con save then as well. You can always make two bad dice rolls. Exactly. And what I would do instead is to make it a layer action. Make the tavern brawl almost like this layer thing. And the layer actions is when perhaps tables are flipped random civilians run across and perhaps punch party members and do certain things that all act on the one initiative like initiative 10 you know um or initiative whatever and so that that way you know players could have a turn before things happen it's not all or nothing where targets get completely knocked out maybe like if it's a big hit creatures get stunned i mean looking at lingering or not uh, like injury shock um, from the DMG and things like that, you know, it's that way we're not, you know, it's not like, oh, you get knocked out. Sorry, you're out of the fight for the whole game. You know, it's now instead still sort of following D and D rules. They're perhaps like the two big parties, which are still maybe have their own turns, but otherwise all these civilians and whatnot are chaos occurring all happens on initiative 10 players can act in and around that, uh, still. And that way it still, you know, uses uh, D&D rules, but feels a little bit looser And that there's this idea that the tavern is this layer action type mm. thing, you know, layer. I'm sort of thinking I'd like to run a Black Friday one shot that instead of it being... What's the, Black Friday? That's this uh, uh, day in America after Thanksgiving where... Is it Black Friday? I'm thinking Black Monday. Black, what day, day is it? It's the day... Oh, that, Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. I'm pretty sure it's the Friday that everybody goes like shopping. 
and uh, and the and, it, the, and it's like people fight like to get in the shop. So there's all oh, these sales, okay. Christmas sales start, and people are like crawling all over each other and like magic item tavern brawl. And and, and so essentially, discount. yeah, it's a it's a holy holiday followed then in the town by a day where everybody goes crazy shopping, where it's a family gathering festival that then before the winter solstice, everybody goes and buys stuff, and um, and yeah, so the the. It sort of almost be like a pre-Christmas, pre-whatever you want to call your your in-game thing, but like play it this, you know, before this coming uh, holiday season, and uh, and yeah, the the hook for the one shot starts with starts with the, the the players having to fight it out to try and get their hands on a particular magic item in the shop. Yeah making athletics check to see how well like how much how much of a good item you could buy or things crawling like that. over people and like ripping it out <laughs> exactly. of their hands i've got it i've got it and then like somebody like pulls you down like and you lose it again no no and you've got to like there's, there's not enough of them there's too much demand not an, enough items um and so yeah you, you don't have to base these these sort of things and again this is a that's a fun idea like i think a lot of the the tavern fights i'm thinking of right now i have this sort of like kind of a a light-hearted sort of vibe to them. They're not necessarily a dark and sort of like uh, sort of heavy the horror thematic type setting or something. Like if I was, I'm just thinking about it now. Like if I was to take this to my Curse of Strahd campaign, and the players wind up at the Blue Water Inn in Valaki would I stage a goofy tavern brawl there? Probably not. It would probably more be much more serious if it, if it did take place. Mm. Uh, in which case I would run it like a proper, uh, proper combat where we've got a, a map and minis and, you know, every rolls for initiative and three to one go. Exactly. I think there's plenty of ways. I think I'd ultimately just run it like a normal combat. I think even expanding layer action rules out more is a thing that should just be generally happening. I think taking the the orc chieftain now has a a layer action at whatever 20 where he blows his horn, you know, and suddenly two more yeah, guys come out from definitely fight one of the, like the that, lovely you know, things like, in the supplement is they do bring up the idea of a mid-fight complication. And that's actually a, a great tip for dms uh and not just for a tavern brawl but for almost any combat situation um have a have something that hap- that occurs on you know round three that that suddenly ups the odds that sort of changes the dynamic of the on the field uh that that sort of shakes your players a little bit if they go from hey yeah this is going to be great and easy and confident to oh no um yeah, we, we should maybe we shouldn't have rushed in so much. Now we're in a bad position. You know, like do things that kind of switch it up. But I mean, don't don't just come up with this on the spot. Like plan it out ahead of time because that's fair. Like, you know, don't just be like, oh, the players don't look like they're doing really well. Now I'll I'll uh, I'll throw a CR twenty creature in here. Ha! Take that. <laughs> yeah, roll a D one hundred for level seventeen through twenty urban encounters. You roll a. 100 and I kid you not it says Tarask. Yeah, just uh Tarask wanders into the bar. 
It sounds like the beginning of a D&D joke. So a Tarrasque walks into a bar. Mm. Well, if you want the bartender says, like that, oh, sorry, we don't, we don't serve Tarrasques in this bar. Mm. Especially Tarrasques that do drugs. What if that's like the name of the tavern? The Tarrasque. The Tarrasque. The drunken Tarrasque. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, unarmed fighters, pugilists, people who punch people in the face, they're, they're a thing in the game, but they're not, they're not super tough. They're not super powerful. No, you're not going to have magic you have punches. D6 or D8. Um, or maybe you've got s- magic gloves. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. DM and homebrew some magic boxing gloves for you. Magic knuckle dusters. Magic knuckle dusters. Paf, paf, paf. Um, things like that it's it is however i think depending on the setting of the game it could be if you are doing a more light-hearted one shot or something super fun uh to have sort of to play around with uh that said the grappling feat is is hugely uh underutilized it can be really advantageous um you grapple somebody and then you also knock them prone uh, they have no movement. They can't stand up. Everybody can get advantage on hitting them while you, you know, maintain their grapple against them. Uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of ways to use grappling in a fight that I think a lot of people don't really dig into that much. They're maybe a little bit afraid of using the sort of those sort of fighting mechanics. Um, don't be afraid of them. They're they're pretty straightforward and simple in five in five e. Yeah, if you you really need a strong character. I mean, you need a character that's got a great strength bonus. Uh, and here's a little tip. If you can find a way to get expertise in athletics, uh, double proficiency in that, yeah. then you are truly a grappling master. Uh, and there's a few ways to, to do that, but it's... A little bit of rogue, a little bit of bard, perhaps? Yeah, bard. A feat, prodigy can, feat practiced expert that's also a ua thing i think from the yeah. new ua feats um yeah there used to be again there used to be a way back the dnd play tested the idea of having uh, ability related feats uh and ath there was sort of an athlete one well athlete is a real feat, it is a but... thing now yeah it is it's different though but maybe i don't think the new athlete in theros has got expertise on athletics what do you mean what do you mean the new athlete isn't it isn't there athlete is now athletes of not a feat what what, what athletes in, always been a background a background think, right there's a new one in theros of some sort i'm trying to think what it is player's handbook athlete plus one to strength or dex stand up prone for five feet climbing doesn't cost extra movement running or a long jump after only five feet other than ten feet yeah but that doesn't give you that's not the one i'm, I'm thinking of there's um athlete as a background so it used to be a way to get yeah, athlete is a mythic uh Odysseus of theros background yeah background it gives you proficiency in acrobatics athletics vehicles land in one language of your choice right, but not expertise um it's kind of like more of a sport person because yeah. it's like a bronze discus or leather ball yeah there used to be one that trophy that allowed you to just get expertise in athletics but and it's all about like oh is your favorite event a marathon wrestling boxing who knows? You could be a little wrestler. Uh, we had the idea for the Echo Knight fighter to like do the double team. Yeah, I was trying to idea. come up with a way to make the Echo Knight into a basically tag team wrestling squad. Uh, the flying, were they flying Gambini brothers or something like that? 
um, not really brothers. Well, of course, one's just a copy of the other, but uh, they do all these sort of fun, sort of not to say circus, but kind of circusy, but more of a, a high flying wrestling showman type style. Trapeze. <laughs> well, no, like like sort of like yeah, not like not proper wrestling where you like you know it, it more like showman style stuff where it's big flashy moves <clears throat> and whatnot. Mm. But discussing the athlete background, you get the echoes of victory feature. You've attracted admiration amongst spectators, fellow athletes, and trainers in the region that have hosted your path ath- ath- past athletic victories. When visiting any settlement within 100 miles where you grew up, there's a 50% chance you can find someone there who admires you and is willing to provide information or temporary shelter, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I built I built a bard recently um, who, yeah, I, I managed with him to take expertise. Well, in, bards get expertise. Yeah, and, and you're allowed to put it, you can get it in athletics. Yeah, you can put uh, it in, well, bards where I don't think are very special because you can put think, skills in anything. Yeah, I don't think rogues let you put it in. Sure, you can put it in anything you have proficiency in. If you yeah. had a level one rogue who didn't get their expertise yet somehow, I think. But, um, Make a strength rogue. Strength rogues are the worst. Why not? Well, because really, the, the you have to basically say, "I'm going to give up my sneak attack." No, because you thing. you can still there still could be thrown weapons that you could add sneak attack to. You could still uh, use strength for finesse and get sneak attack on them. Yeah, you're right. The, it, throwing axes got to be your thing. Or scimitars, or things that use your strength. Because you, finesse doesn't mean you have to use dexterity. It just means that you can use dexterity instead. Sin, can, no, does it? Yeah. Finesse. So, I, mean, so I can use a rapier and with strength? Sure. Finesse. Uh, when making an attack roll with a finesse weapon, you can use your choice of strength or dexterity modifier for the attack and damage rolls. You must use the same modifier for both rolls. So I can, I can still get my sneak attack bonus using strength attacks. Yep. But I, but not with, but uh, yeah. But, but not with ranged weapons. Ranged weapons are going to be out. Well, yeah, because they have to use your dexterity, I believe. No, that's right? not such a bad build. I mean, you can. There's still a lot you can do with like scimitars are still kind of cool, right? I have a rapier in a for with a barbarian, so why not scimitar for a rogue? Mm. Yeah. Why not? Let me look here. Finesse weapons that you could theoretically use. You could use... Or, or thrown weapons. Um, you could use a dagger. Uh, a great... Oh, no. You can't use a great club. You could use a hand axe. A light hammer. Uh, a spear. You could use a dart. And the reason, again, folks, what, what we're sort of talking about this is I'm sort of thinking out loud a little bit about... Um, having again somebody who's got a grapple a tavern brawler feet right so we're using the grappling you use a trident and then being able to throw things and get sneak attack damage with them a whip but you couldn't you can't use an improvised weapon and get sneak attack damage i can't throw a rock and pick up my sneak attack damage with it because it doesn't have maybe the finesse property or any thrown well, does any thrown thing work it's a ranged attack right a ranged weapon attack we're using, but I can use strength for it because I'm throwing it. Yeah, this is an important thing as well. Look up what what exactly is the the rules for sneak attack here? Because I be, I believe it does have specific requirements. 
for light. All right, good distinction. Um, it must use a finesse or ranged weapon. Ranged weapons include thrown weapons, but an improvised weapon can be ranged or melee, right? An improvised weapon includes any object you can wield in one or two hands, such as a broken glass, a table leg, a frying pan, a wagon wheel, or a dead goblin. Often an improvised weapon is similar to an actual weapon and can be treated as such. For example, a table leg is akin to a club. At the DM's option, a character proficient with a weapon can use a similar object as if it were that weapon. Uh, an object that bears no resemblance to a weapon deals 1d4 damage. Um, if a character uses a ranged weapon to make a melee attack or throws a melee weapon that does not have a thrown property, it also deals 1d4 damage. An improvised thrown weapon has a normal range of 20 feet and a long range of 60 feet. So you could throw an improvised weapon. And get my sneak attack. And get attack. your sneak attack, because it's still a ranged weapon. So in the bar, I can pick up that mu- that tankard of ale... Mm-hmm. And throw it across the bar at the guy who's, you know, fighting against my friend. And because my friend's within five feet of him, the tankard gets my sneak attack damage. Plus my, if I'm a tavern brawler, the improvised damage is a D4 as well, right? Yeah. But you have to have advantage on the attack roll or your friend has to be next to them. Yeah. So my friend's next to them. Or you're a swashbuckler and <laughs> no one is next to them. My swashbuckler throws a tankard of ale across sure. the bar. Seems appropriate. And does. So, yeah. So maybe a rogue, a strength rogue with tavern brawler could be fun. Your your sneak attack means if you can pick up your sneak attack then on things in the bar, you go from that just being a D4 attack to now adding. Oh, no, you couldn't use Rackish Audacity because you're not within five feet of it. Are you? It's only for, is it for only for melee stuff? Yeah, that's like for super close up like sword duel like but i can add my sneak attack yeah. to that if it's a rapier or a close or a, melee or a, or a scimitar you say or a scimitar sure but i can't use or a, a fist i can't use my fist because my fist isn't finesse no how is your fist going to be a finesse weapon if you're a monk well no technically it's never going to be a finesse weapon so you could never use your fists as a for sneak attack unless there's a rogue subclass someone homebrews out there that lets you or a feat that makes your fists finessey I don't. I don't see that happening. Uh, I'm working on it right now. Right up in. <laughs> I don't think that beyond. makes sense. <laughs> the nest fists. Yeah. I mean, how to make your rogue start to look a lot more like a monk or a fighter? Yeah. Uh, Bonus action fun. dash disengage stuff. Yeah, without key points. Evasion. Mm. That's all monk stuff. Interesting. Okie dokie. Uh, I think. Uh, that brings us to a conclusion. I think as I look around the tavern and I, I see that nobody's moving anymore, we are the last two standing. Um, We've defeated the tavern. And and so that means we have to say goodbye to the listeners because, you know, there can only be one and you and I need to go outside right now and settle this once and for exactly. all. Exactly. Well, we need to knock out the audience first. All right. Three, two, one. Power. <laughs>